course, the journey marches on here on Splash. Hey, we're drafting teams every single day of 2024. Well, every weekday, but we'll say every single day of 2024. And today, of course, it's February 7th, 2024. Draft number eight for me here live on stream. Today, we're going to talk about some of the guys who could have a big bounce back year. Jamar Chase in the thumbnail, a guy that I think has a lot of things that could move if T. Higgins were to leave. Currently assume he's going to come back on a franchise tag. And sports betting odds also right now having T. Higgins as a favorite to come back. Or I guess actually I think he's still a plus money, but still the highest likelihood of him coming back to the Bengals. Point being, like, we're going to talk about those guys today. Who's going to be able to move around a lot because of the fact that things can change in free agency? If there's no Tyler Boyd, no T. Higgins, where did Jamar Chase go? Probably not at pick five in his certain ADP. So um, those are the things we're going to talk about today. Of course, already in draft room for the big board. 200K to first place is what the prize pool is. And uh, lots of familiar names on here to the point that I saw this question from Brian before the show. And if you are a regular, you know how to get in a draft. Do it one minute before the stream starts. You will likely get in a room with me. Uh, but I actually kind of want to change the timing up because we're getting a lot of the same guys in rooms every day. No disrespect to our guy, Mad Maddie, of course, one of our beloved members here on Splash Play. But I think sometimes for folks out there, the best look at what a draft is really like is probably not going to be with a bunch of friends and family in the room. So uh, in general, one minute before the stream starts is the way to do it. But I might try to switch that around a little bit just to keep you guys on your toes. We will find out, though. Been waiting all day for this. Yeah, it's been a long day, I'm sure, of waiting. If you've been up on uh, Japan time, I suppose, <laughs> it'd be a really long day. Australian time? My God, you'd be exhausted right now. Uh, Mad Matty, you see, this is part of why. I noticed back to Matt, again, uh, one of our regulars here. I don't like that I talk about things and people just take the players <laughs> that like I'm talking about. Kind of ruins the fun for me a little bit. So uh, I talk about Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, for the first time that we have seen this entire time of doing drafts on stream, Jamar Chase has to go and pick three uh, for that one. So uh, this is part of why I would like to vary things up a little bit and try to make it look good. We are on the clock. We now get Justin Jefferson at pick five. Of course, he's normally going at a 3.8 EDP. I uh, do think he more reliably could end up going at number three overall, though he's honestly going at number three enough in most drafts. Uh, nothing's going to change that much. But Jar Justin Jefferson will be the guy that comes in. Uh, certainly somebody that I would say... No, he's not really the opposite of Jamar Chase. Not going to have Hawkinson for most of next year. I think he's certainly somebody where if he's going to be able to be healthy, going to be actually wanting to play, did not seem like his motivation to play. Uh, this year was the highest when he was injured. Certainly rubbed it in fantasy football players' faces talking about that. For Justin Jefferson to start next year, I guess the one ding for him will be that Jordan Addison taking a leap year one to year two, the biggest leap that most uh, skill position guys are going to have year two to year three, kind of similar thing. But like jo Jordan Addison is going to take a few touches away, but not having Hawkinson for at least, you know, through late October, more likely through November, possibly the entire season. I think Justin Jefferson is probably just a little bit undervalued. You are absorbing the risk that Kirk Cousins doesn't come back, but again, those betting markets, I think it's DraftKings Sportsbook that put it out in some of the states where you can bet on things that aren't just sports events. Uh, they had Kirk Cousins a favorite to go back to Minnesota. So we have the same situation for Minnesota where we have Cousins, we have Jefferson, we have Addison, but no Hawkinson. I do think that makes the Jefferson target outlay look a little bit better for next year. So not quite the same thing as Jamar Chase and T Higgins or T Higgins is gone. Like, they're not going to have somebody who's, you know, getting seven to 10 targets a game uh, coming alongside of him. That's going to be very unlikely if they did. They'd have to trade for a guy that we don't even know that's possible for them to trade for right now. They have to trade up to get Harrison. Uh, Harrison Jr. have to trade up to get maybe Malik Neighbors. Um, like, get one of those guys that could really be a target earner to have a shot to even replicate what the C Higgins target share is going to be. Um, so I think Chase, to me, is the one that stands out the most. But 
Uh, Tyreek Hill, like things aren't going to get better for him necessarily. If anything, you expect them to maybe add a tight end that command some targets. Uh, Durham Smythe is out there so much this year uh, that it really felt like the tight end position was just kind of a wash for them. Uh, more of a blocker, more of a guy that's to, to pose a threat, but not actually get a target. Um, so I think he would be a guy that I would not say the situation can change. Amon Ross St. Brown is one where I think it could go worse, where, you know, not a bounce back year for Amon Ross. He was great this past season. But if you do get another alpha target in her in, and I do think Jameson Williams is not that guy, even though I could see the Lions running that back, it does change the equation for both Amon Ross St. Brown for Sam Laporta. The reason I'm talking about this today, too, is I think sometimes people kind of miss that part of the equation where it's about the overall picture of guys coming in, guys coming out. And like the Sam Laporta thing, I know I talk about a lot, but let's make our pick and I'll continue uh, bloviating on this shit in a moment. Um, we got Devon A. Chan here at number two, uh, only running back in this position at this point. Um, Rasheed Rice, a guy that I don't love very much. Debo, a little bit overpriced to me. Diggs, I don't mind Diggs. I don't mind reaching for Diggs here. If there, if Diggs still has juice, this is a bit of an interesting play. I'll talk about why in a moment here. I want to see what comes back uh, to me at my next pick. But Jefferson and Diggs is going to be my start. I, I, I have one weakness, I think, as a drafter in this current you know ADP landscape. Is that when I see like wide receivers that have been first round picks for a few years, you know, were first round picks this past year, the idea of loading up on two, three, if you line the pockets up right, you can maybe get four guys who've been first round picks at wide receiver within the last couple of years. I think you're absorbing some risk. Obviously, these guys are getting older. Diggs getting closer to 30. I think he's still 29 technically. Uh, Tyree Kill, almost 30. A lot of these guys, uh, Devontae Adams, over 30. There's the risk on that. In terms of pure ceiling, like, uh, you know, I really think that just getting a lot of guys that we know have tangible upside, even if there's a lot of warts, I think it's still one thing that will not be available as we get later in the draft cycle, as the casuals come in, as just frankly, people that are a little bit less afraid, a little bit less recency biased. I think as those people come in, um, you are going to see guys start to move a little bit higher. And uh, Devontae Adams, there we go. Mad Maddie takes Devontae Adams. Matt, Matt is going to take anybody that I have even a, a thought about is going to go to Matt Maddie <laughs> in his draft room. Can't wait to get Daniels, Estime, Franklin, and Bowers out of the six hole. Yes, my my four horsemen of rookies that I would like to get who I think are at reasonable ADPs. Obviously, a lot of guys are at pretty good ADPs. Marvin Harrison, I'm still willing to take it his. Uh, neighbors, I think a little bit discounted relative to Harrison, but still pretty expensive. Still a guy to take it at ADP. But the guys who are currently undervalued are those four that KC highlights here. And I'm sure that uh, sure that all of you guys who are in this draft room with me will take all the guys that I want to take. Okay, no Jane Daniels for you. Oh, everybody competing for Jane Daniels. Love, love to see it. Love to see the guy. <laughs> I didn't even have a window to buy Jane Daniels cheap after I planted my flag for him. His ADP started at a pretty reasonable amount, was in like the 150s to start. And then immediately he's now been priced at a point that I cannot get him in draft rooms. Uh, we got Tank Dell. We have Sam Laporta here. We have DK Metcalf. Don't mind any of these guys. Tank Dell doesn't really fit the criteria that I was talking about for guys that I want to get to. Do you like Tank though? Do you like Laporta? I'm going to take Tank. I don't believe I've gotten Tank exposure on stream yet. Have gotten some Nico. Tank, I do think better at ADP relative to those two guys. So we will add Tank, tank Dell in here. Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, and Tank Dell, which feels incongruent. Um, as you might have guessed when I was hinting at before, I was really hoping I could push Devontae Adams back, but our guy Maddie takes him. And uh, that's pretty much it. I just wanted Adams. I wanted a Jefferson Diggs Adams start. I think it'd be kind of fun for just the pure ceiling those guys have had historically. And I think we'll still have for the most part this year. 
Even the Daniel Seam will cause AR to fall to you, Spags. I mean, it seems like that's not the case either, given that AR is now reliably going in the high 40s. So, look, my guys are now priced up. I, I'm certainly a little bit less willing to pay the price tag than some of these guys. It kind of feels like all the guys that I personally like are now getting uh, rising exponentially in ADP every day. Uh, so I'm trying to be more patient about getting the guys I want in the big board. Uh, it's very possible I end up with just a lot less of guys that I really do trust, like AR, because of the fact that I just don't know that I want to keep reliably paying uh, in the mid forties of a pick for him because people are going to take him at 49 every fucking draft. Um, so, and, <laughs> and I, and I would bet here based on how our guy Maddie has gone, I would guess that Maddie will take him at 46 or 51. And I don't want to take AR at 44 right now. So the things that we have to adjust to here, both on stream and in general, the draft room, of course, on the big board. Uh, let's see what else we got here in the chat and a draft last night. Jane Daniels went 24 picks after ADP. Yeah great fun. <laughs> I think in particular, because I'm the only one who's doing this volume of draft streams right now, I'm really getting everybody who wants to be on a draft stream flocking into my drafts. So it is a double whammy for sure of me getting a special blend of all you fine people that want to get your, your rookies in now. But yes, I would like to get Jane Daniels as a value. That'd be great, but no, not in these rooms. No, sorry. One non-badge in this room, bunch of, bunch of red badges, bunch of names we know. That's how it goes. You don't do any slow drafts for the big board. I don't do slow drafts in general. I think they're incredibly boring. I don't need notifications all day long. I have too much shit to do in a given day that I don't want to get a notification for my pick coming up in an hour or whatever. You know, whatever. I, I know slow drafts are a little bit longer window, but I forget. It's Slow drafts are not for me. I find them really tedious. Feel the few of us nerds who want info. That's like, I'm happy to do that, of course. I just would still like to be able to do that and get players that I want <laughs> <laughs> that I hold in esteem. And unfortunately, that has not been the case in a lot of these drafts so far on stream, but we will adjust. Are you doing the team stack wheel for BBM this year? We'll find out. I don't, I haven't planned that far ahead besides just doing drafts every day. I'm sure that I'll split it up. Uh, in my perfect world, I'd be able to do like a marathon day, one day a week where I'm doing five to eight drafts in a run. Um, would love to do a day where I do drafters. Would love to have a day where I do DraftKings, and then the rest of it I uh, would like to figure out. So, uh, that's my current kind of rough sketch of an idea of what I want to do content wise. But uh, the main thing here is just knowing that I'll be doing five drafts, 11 a.m. every day, Monday to Friday. guess it's possible I move that time around if I just get up running into the deluge of, of Pete streams and everybody else's streams and try to avoid that as much as I can. Uh, but that's the goal. Either way, I'll be doing five days a week. Uh, those are my highest advanced teams. Uh, they were for a portion. They were not towards the end of the, the, the cycle, but they were for most of the year. Yes. The spag sack seems. Yes. All right, we got special delivery here. Uh, at least he's not drafting guys I want. <laughs> he's drafting a bunch of bunch of running backs. Though Bijan, obviously, knows with Bijan going to pick eight. Another guy, too, where do you expect him to be a bounce-back guy if we can call a rookie um, with a, a really abject situation with Arthur Smith being his head coach, not feeding him the ball. Um, would expect that he's another guy that's a bounce-backy kind of guy. Garrett Wilson, I, I think that... You know, in most draft rooms, Jamar Chase underpriced for his potential bounce back. Garrett Wilson's bounce back is basically priced in at this point. Um, him going to pick nine in this room, uh, I feel like if you're taking Garrett Wilson exactly where we were last year, you're basically just assuming the situation is going to be as good as everybody thought it was going to be last year. And, you know, we'll see. Aaron Rodgers, old, and that Jets article in The Athletic was not really uh, confidence inspiring. We're on the clock here. Running backs could make sense. Really fucking ugly at this point. I'm actually going to reach up for Addison here um, just to get the Minnesota correlation. Do expect there to be Kirk Cousins coming back and frankly would like to just keep drafting wide receivers. So we have Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Tank Dell, Jordan Addison's potential spike weeks. And uh, that's it for now. 
New to the channel. Greetings from Germany. Glad to hear Jack here from Germany. Always, uh, I've wondered to myself why I haven't had more success in Germany as a the young David Hasselhoff that I've always fancied myself as. I feel like that's always a reference people go to <laughs> for sure. Well, there's another reference people go to, but I, <laughs> well, I won't ruin it for Jack in this first moment here. But glad to hear that. And Jack, uh, subscribe, hit that like button, and help me boost those Germany numbers that I've been so desperately craving to boost uh, for, for years of streaming now. Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey. Mark Andrews, another bounce back guy, even though I think he had a pretty good year this year, just ended up getting hurt, obviously, when we needed him the most. Uh, but do you think that Mark Andrews would be a tight end that I would highlight? Kelsey, I don't know if you'd call him a bounce back guy, but you're still absorbing the risk of him retiring. Uh, he also was pretty playing coy about uh, some of the rumors about him engaging, perhaps uh, Taylor Swift having an engagement proposal at the Super Bowl. So interesting times for Travis Kelsey. Uh, we got Shroud here potentially for the correlation with Tank Dell. We could take another Romo Dunze share, though. Frankly, I'm over that. The Trey McBride rising price sag. We can pay that one time. Trey McBride, come on down. Don't mind Shroud here, but frankly, Trey McBride is somebody that I don't think is going to get steamed down. As we talked about, my concerns with Trey McBride is that he basically is a wide receiver one last year. He is very likely to not be the wide receiver one this year because they're going to draft somebody or they're going to bring somebody in on free agency. There's a lot of ways that they can make this work for them that is not just feeding the ball Trey McBride 10 targets a game. That said, as I always say here, if you want exposure to the guy, you got to take him at the ADP that the market's given him at. So if Trey McBride's actually going to go at the 53 ADP or 52 ADP he's normally going at, I'm taking Trey McBride today, but I still think that he is a little bit overvalued when you are getting Laporta, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey. I don't think Trey McBride is quite in that tier yet. Let's see. You can poke holes in every first round pick right now. 30% Puka because I'm trying to get under on the running backs. Got to pull some people up to smooth out exposures. I would rather, somebody asked me this question in the comments, I think recently, or the comments are on Twitter. Uh, what would I rather have? Like exposure to one spot in the first round over and over again, or exposure to every spot in the first round? I'd rather have exposure to every spot. I think there's a credible case for every guy in the first round. There really isn't a dusty old vet there that we're really worried about. Um, I think that in general, to me, a lot of those guys, again, you could nickel and dime everybody. The first round, the second round, the third round. I think in general, you could really nickel and dime anybody pre-draft, pre-free agency uh, pretty aggressively. But I would say for me, like, I think the first round's pretty well balanced. You have a good mix of guys that we expect. Like Christian McCaffrey, to me, is a very binary play. People expect him to do the exact same thing he did last year. He's the one that you could maybe talk me into strongly fading. But, you know, in general, like, I would like to get a taste of all of them, really, is, is how I view it. I don't think there's anybody who stands out as a tier above overall. I uh, vocalize my concerns for Gibbs and Kyron Williams the most. I think that both those guys have... Two big pulls on them with David Montgomery and the fact that I do think somebody comes in to either take some pass game work away from Kyron or just Kyron doesn't get 25 to 30 touches a game next year. Like, it just doesn't seem like the wise thing to do when you could prepare for the alternative. Um, but I'd still want to have exposure to those guys because the ceiling for them is still pretty huge. And if Montgomery goes out, like Gibbs then is probably like fully an RB1, you know, and a top five running back at that. And if we do see Kyron Williams get the role again and they don't bring somebody in, He's then getting the role. So you kind of have to be willing to see both sides of the coin, I think, for a lot of those guys. Where do I think he lands? Again, uh, so the Bengals were, I think, plus 150 when the odds opened up yesterday for uh, him to come back. I think it's still the most likely one. Um, besides that, I know Houston has a lot of cap room. Houston has like 70 million in cap room. Again, I think they could use that alpha target earner outside. You know, people love Nico Collins, but if you bring in a T. Higgins and a Nico and a Tank Dell and you have either Dalton Schultz or an upgraded tight end, that is a really loaded team that I think, and also one too, where T Higgins will then be moving to a team where he knows he's coming from the Bengals where he wasn't always the guy getting 10 to 15 targets a game. 
So like, I think that him coming to Houston to make a lot of sense as a guy that can get you 10 targets in a game, can have some days where he gets five and he's not going to be a bitch about it. Um, so I would love to see him go to Houston, but I think he does go back to Cincinnati. As a contender with a loaded wide receiver room, would you send two of Ayuk, Dell, Higgins for one of, oh boy, this is very <laughs> season-long dynasty stuff. Uh, I probably wouldn't send two wide receivers now. You'd have to have really good young wide receivers besides those guys. Um, or like you'd have to be locked into be taking one of Marvin Harrison or neighbors, I think in this draft, then maybe I would do it, but not the most exciting to me personally. Uh, all right. So we have Nick Chubb here, cut candidate, Nick Chubb, Ty J Spears, uh, also a guy that could benefit from Derrick Henry, not likely to be there this year. Is he going to be the bell cow? I don't know. This is uh this is a tough spot. I think it's Ty J. I've not been getting enough Ty J so far. Uh, I think he's weird to have him as my RB one. I think for Ty J, but Ty J was good. We know he's got a ceiling. Obviously, he showed it in college, especially. Uh, but for Ty J Spears, I think that the fact they worked him in as aggressively, it's a new coaching staff. Of course, that is the one thing we always try to highlight here: new coaching staff. Maybe they fall in love with Ty J Spears. I don't think it's likely they bring back Derrick Henry, but maybe they fall in love with somebody else in the draft. Uh, you know, SMA would be a guy that I think could have a, a mix any kind of role for Brian Callahan, who actually I haven't mentioned you guys. Uh, Brian Hall Callahan, technically uh, a friend of a friend. Uh, one of my closest friends, a uh, girl I know in DC, uh, her best friend is actually married to him. <laughs> so uh, I'm not as close as Pete is where I think uh, one of the offensive coordinators who got hired, uh, Pete went to preschool with, of course, our pal Pete Overs at. Uh, but that's like, that's not, that's two degrees separation removed, right? <laughs> Basically on an NFL coaching staff. The point being like, you know, Brian Callahan really used the shit out of Joe Mixon last year. So is Ty J Spears the guy that they're going to do that for this year? Uh, I don't know, but um, does seem like that is the, that is a potential play for sure. All right, so we've got Minnesota here. We've got Buffalo. We've got Houston. Man, Brock Bowers is pretty tempting at this range. Chris Godwin, not a big fan of. Brian Thomas, I'm okay with. Concerns with Brian Thomas that we've talked about before. I do think that I have some real questions about him not earning targets in a major way outside from Malik Neighbors, where Malik Neighbors was obviously a great receiver. I have full faith in Malik Neighbors. If there were two guys that I say I find a really hard time that they would bust at wide receiver at rookie this year, it's really, it's MHJ, it's Malik Neighbors, which is not like a shock or anything, uh, but that's the case. But Brian Thomas got under 25% target per hour run rate last year. It was really efficient with that at over a 0.6 EPA per target. But like the concern for Brian Thomas is that like, did he benefit downfield because Malik Neighbors is taking so much attention underneath as a guy that could break a touchdown with a one yard catch. Um, for Brian Thomas, I think he's still a worthwhile player, but I do have some questions about him earning targets on his own. Um, that said, he's my wide receiver five here. So no issue with that. Shout out to EffectMD. Shout out all you guys here. Of course, if you're joining, watching live here, or after the fact, uh, please do subscribe down below. Again, splash play on that march now to 4K subs, to 5K subs, to 10K subs, and then one day to a million K subs. And we can't get there without you. So please do subscribe down below. Hit that like button as well. Helps a small channel or a mid-sized channel, say like mine. Helps us get seen by more people every day. So please hit that like button. Help us out. Um, especially too, frankly, we've having some some downvote bugaboos lately. I don't know if it's like haters or people that are just discovering the stream for the first time. No matter what though, if you are a regular here or if you enjoy the content, please help me out and hit that like button because I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Not somebody that worries about downvotes, but like we we normally have like a 99%, 100% like rate in these videos. So I don't want to see dislikes. Like if you don't like the video, just leave and then say, don't show me channel. That's what I would say to do. That's me as a, as a grizzled veteran of YouTube, I suppose. Saw Brian Thomas going to Dallas and one that made my peen tingle. Uh, yeah, if they got rid of Cooks and then also went to, as him using CD Lamb the same way he used Malik Neighbors to get open, yes, I think Brian Thomas would be a good fit there. 
but he's going to be a guy where it's like, I don't expect him to be getting you 10 targets a game. I expect him to be getting you. If you're lucky, if he's hitting at full go, he gets you a five for 120. I'd say a little pickensy for Brian Thomas is what I'm feeling about him. And I like, you know, look, I like George Pickens. Uh, but, you know, the concern is that is he just going to be a contested cash guy? Is he just going to be a guy that you have to get wide open at because of somebody else drawing attention away? Uh, those are the questions I have for Brian Thomas. But I think the athleticism, I would be shocked if he doesn't grade out as a better athlete than Romo Dunze. I think in some respects, I think Odunze's got better body control. I think Odunze is, if he's going to be an athlete, if he's going to have a good RAS kind of profile, then Odunze you could talk me into. But I think Brian Thomas is going to grade out as a better athlete, if I had to guess just based off of what I've seen. Are dislikes bad for the algorithm? I thought any engagement is good. No, not good for YouTube. No. Uh, dislikes are bad on YouTube. Um, I know for social media, it matters a little bit less, like replies on Twitter matter less. But yeah, for YouTube, no. Especially if you're not a channel. Like if you're WWE and it's like that, the clip with The Rock, uh, then maybe, maybe it matters a little bit less. But uh, for a smaller channel, yeah, dislikes are not good. Uh, do I like Bowers Indy? No, I, I I like it in terms of AR having more weapons. I don't like there's a lot better options. Bowers to Miami would be great. Bowers to the Chargers. I think there's going to be a lot of running in that offense this year. Greg Roman, the new offensive coordinator for the Chargers. We know what he likes to do. He does not like to pass the ball. He does not like to put the ball in the QB's hands. Obviously, think that he'll have a little more trust for Justin Herbert than he seemingly had or for Lamar throughout his years. Uh, but I, I would say that I think that Bowers to Indy is not a great landing spot because the pass game volume is never going to be that high. They win by having AR run 10 times a, gay, a game and throw you know 20 times a game. Um, they don't win by having like feeding Pittman nine targets, feeding Bowers eight targets. I, I don't think that's what you want to do. So now that, yeah, like I love Indy. You know, you guys know I'm in the bag for the Colts. The AR jersey always next to me right here. But uh, Bowers, there's better landing spots. You want a high drop back rate team. Um, honestly, him going to Carolina, like I know this is not a fun one. Him going to Carolina with Dave Canales, I think he would instantly be the wide receiver one there. Um, he would probably be getting 10 targets a game from an, I think it improved Bryce Young. Uh, so I think that's like kind of a fun spot, even though, you know, like I get why nobody, nobody want to follow me on that one. Uh, all right. Zero one five one here. Obviously we need some QBs at some point, a lot of running backs on the board. We can make a bet on Arizona with James Connor here. He will be my second running back coming in team so far. Ty J Spears, uh, James Connor, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Tank Dell, Jordan Addison, and Brian Thomas at wide receiver and a tight end Trey McBride. So we're making a bet on, uh, non, I honestly, I feel like we're making a bet that Arizona doesn't take Marvin Harrison. It doesn't meaningfully improve wide receiver. Um, and I think that's the bet that we're going with here. Who's my highest owned player. I don't even know. Um, I'll look really fast. Not really worried about exposure at this point in the game. Just because like, frankly, I'm not getting the guys that I would be uh, most predisposed to get really heavy on. My exposure so far. I have 75% Zach Charbonnet, but that includes a couple of little boards I did. 50% uh, Roshan, 50% Marshawn Lloyd. Those are my biggest stands, but I don't. Those aren't like real stands. Marshawn Lloyd, I think, is a bit of a stand in the big board because I think he's undervalued. Um, he's got to be over 200 pounds, though. That's the risk point you're taking on with Marshawn Lloyd. Uh, but he's the only one I can get for free in every draft who I think has upside. So that's probably, I mean, it's definitely why he's there for me. How do I quit Kyle Pitts? You shouldn't. I wouldn't quit Kyle Pitts. wasn't great that he wasn't mentioned alongside Bijan um, and uh, and Drake London by Raheem Morris in that first interview, but whatever. 
All right, so DeAndre Swift, a free agent, could land a lot of different spots, I think, could also come back to Philly and then be the running back one again. I'm willing to take the risk on DeAndre Swift, even though not a player I've loved historically. At pick 101, though, if he goes somewhere in free agency, he's coming in with a role. If he goes back to Philly, he's likely coming back to the same role or you know some fractional amount of it. So DeAndre Swift, to me, I think looks pretty good. Uh, Sexy-ass start, honestly. Thank you. I accept the sexy-ass start. Hopefully we're talking about me. Hopefully YouTube isn't shadow banning my comments anymore. I've I've always seen your comments. Could be the filtering though. YouTube does have some automatic filtering, and I know how how our boy Tyler likes to talk. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps setting off some filter triggers. Who knows? All right, Cortland Sutton goes. Cortland Sutton. If he's back on Denver, probably the same situation for him, where he's going to be a touchdown hound. What more than that? I don't really know. What do you have coming up? Kyler went at 90. So we're not going to stack Kyler. Hmm. Got some options at QB. Not going to sweat it yet. I like the scene though. I'll read it one more time because I like it. Ty J, James Connor, uh, DeAndre Swift, my three running backs, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Tank Dell, Jordan Addison, Brian Thomas, a wide receiver, Trey McBride, tight end. So we need QBs. Obviously, Kirk Cousins would be a fit here. We don't have to go that way. Um, we're not going to get Kyler, not going to get Josh Allen, uh, not going to get, I don't know where Brian Thomas is going to go. He can go a million different spots. He could go to Cincinnati and be the Tiggins replacement um, if they did not want to franchise tag him. So, but we're not going to get Burrow, so it doesn't really matter. Lloyd measured 5'9", 217 at the Senior Bowl. Okay. Okay. Uh, senior bowl numbers, I think still a little bit more generous than combine numbers, but 217, it feels like he would have to be like the, the scale would have to be egregiously off for him to not test over 200 pounds. So that's a good sign then. Where do I think Caleb goes? Uh, Jan with commanders felt decent about it. I don't think he gets past the one pick. Um, I'm still not sold that the bears are going to take him. I don't know. Like, I think that's the more likely outcome, but I think that there's still a chance that they trade out and then take, I mean, honestly, I think they can still trade out and keep fields. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think that's still a lower likelihood outcome. But I think the Bears take him, and there's a shot that the commander straight up for him. But it's not like he had his worst year last year. Like, I, I don't think Kingsbury – no, Kingsbury wasn't the offensive coordinator the year before last. Caleb Williams, like, took a big step backwards this year with Kingsbury as his OC. So, like, I don't think that him coming in is going to be a, a thing where, like, oh, Caleb's thinking, I got to go to Washington now because, like, he – didn't help them out. Like he actively did not help them out. Didn't help the team out either. Really. Um, let's see. Kyler will finish around ADP of 70 to 75 IMO. Yeah. People love Kyler. I, I think that's not crazy. I wouldn't shock me if he gets closer to McBride and then we see like Kyler going, he's probably not going to go ahead of Burrow, Love, Fields, Brock. Hmm. McBride came down. I could see them at some point being a thing where people like at the turn take McBride and take Kyler with him. Maybe like McBride comes down a little, though I don't know. McBride's not coming down until they draft Marvin Harrison or until they sign a wide receiver, I think. I, I would guess that I would guess that McBride stays at this like 50-ish range for the rest of the big board. And then when we get to free agency, when we get to the draft, that's when McBride will come down and be probably more reasonably priced in the 70s because like somebody's an alpha target earner is going to come in. Stover or Bell at rookie tight end? Senate is the correct answer of <laughs> those, but I would say Bell. Uh, Stover is okay. I think Bell Bell is a shot to be used in a more creative way, but whenever you want teams to use a guy, like give it to fucking Troy Franklin goes at 113 here or 114, so I will not get Troy Franklin, which would have been nice to add 
uh, to my crew here. I will get Jaden Daniels, though, as my first QB off the board. So we got one of our guys. Was hoping I could get both on the turn, but honestly, very likely that whoever I didn't take out of those two, our guy Mad Maddie would have taken because he is in my brain. <laughs> taking anybody that I have a faint interest in anybody that I'm sniffing from afar, I'm like a cartoon character with a pie. And he just stops me right before I get to the pie as I'm floating over trying to eat it. Trying to game draft capital and fit sitting at the same and non-scout negativity and profile. FYI. I, I, yeah, look, it all comes down to the combine stuff for all these tight ends. Like I think um, the assumption is that Jatavian Sanders and Brock Bowers are going to go decently high. Um, I think that these things can move around. If Senate runs a four, five, five or something, and he's also then six, four and two forty, I think Senate's going to be basically in the Musgrave range that he'll go in that second round. Um, Stover. I, I just don't think it's a special pass catcher. He's okay. Bell, at least like there's some logic though. I think bell, one of the things that annoys me about Jaheim bell is that you watch the tape. And I think he, he's one of those guys that looks faster because he's got a single digit number. And like, you know, they also used him in a way where like he was a weapon that they tried to force the ball to you. NFL team, I don't know that he has special enough talent to force the ball to him quite as much. Uh, we're like, you know, you're not really doing a lot of wide receiver, uh, I don't know, like wide receiver sweeps. Like that's not a thing that, or tight end sweeps rather. It's not a thing that teams are normally doing. So for Bell to have like a ceiling outcome, somebody has to basically bring him in and treat him like tight end Debo. And I don't know that that's going to happen. I'm much more team Senate. I think Senate's a guy that can get downfield and give you some H backy kind of touches. But well, again, it all comes down to the combine testing. If he's an athlete, if any of these guys are athletes at tight end, they're going to pop up. But you know, it's obviously Bowers by a wide margin. All right, so we got a one three five one here. Could really use every position at this point. Oh, I am not a believer in Ty Chandler, but I think for this build, he makes sense. So we will add Ty Chandler in as RB four. Chandler already coming down in price makes me feel a little bit better. I feel like taking him in the 120s feels better than taking him in the 110s, at least for me personally. So uh, add him to the RB room with Ty J Spears, James Conner, DeAndre Swift, Ty Chandler. We will see what we get on the way back. Think QBs move up once the NFL draft is completed. I don't know how they can. Like the QBs can't move up because there are guys who are like still elite QBs or not elite QBs, but elite upside QBs. Daniel Jones, the one that I keep like pops, that keeps popping in mind. Like he was terrible last year. He's going at 178, 180. Um, I don't think QBs should come up more because they're they're now like, I mean, look how many fucking QBs have gone. Like so many QBs, and you have ones you can get for free late. So I'm not sold on that. Trey McBeast team deserves a super chat. Well, thank you to Bindles for the super chat. I accept it for taking Trey McBride in an ADP that I don't think is actually accurate to what it should be. Uh, but that would be one of my bets is that Trey McBride, if I had to like plant a flag, I think he comes down to the seventies by the time the big, uh, by the time BPM is out. Cause like somebody's going to be in there. People get scared off a little bit of Trey McBride. Jonathan Brooks going as I always have to highlight with Jonathan Brooks coming off an ACL tear. Uh, Fitz two, two, one, two here. Was hoping I could kick Kirk Cousins all the way back. And now we will not because he had to get him with CJ Hawkinson, who likely will not play very much, if at all, next year. So sick league, no Kirk Cousins for us, which is fine because obviously week to week, I expect Jaden Daniels to be in the hunt to outscore Kirk Cousins. But um, yeah, uh, Bindle's just coming in here. Case against McCrae. I just talked about it at some length. They're going to bring in an alpha target earner. There weren't, there wasn't a wide receiver that got targets last year uh, when he actually had his big weeks. Like you have to keep in mind the context of anything. So that's why um, he's fine. Like he's a good player, 
like you're drafting him for spike weeks more than you are drafting him for week to week production and where he's going in ADP. Uh, those are guys that are going for week to week production plus upside. And I don't think that he's going to have as much as he did last year. Like he's getting priced. The recency bias is, is the thing that I think is really important to like really keep an eye on here. Guys who were good in the back half of last season. Right now you are paying a premium on all of them. So Trey McBride, you're paying that premium. Whereas for like Kelsey and Andrews, you're getting a discount because those guys were bad in the back half. So that's the main thing. QB to move up are probably the only Jaden with top three. Uh, top three with the one. Okay. Lost me a little bit on that one, but sure. If it's Tyler, it's probably true. So I take him at face value on that. Rashid Shahid going here. Again, Derek Carr, very likely coming back. I mean, he's he's got to come back to New Orleans, be their starter, the way that they renegotiated that contract. So Rashid Shahid should benefit from another year's stability, playing alongside Carr. Michael Thomas also very likely gone. He's not given anything in terms of what he's posted on social media, indicating that he wants to be back, has actually outright buried the Saints. So expectation would be you get Rashid Shahid, I guess is wide receiver two next year. Some shot AC Perry is the actual wide receiver two. And Rashid Shahid is like the, the wide receiver three. Who's kind of used the same way as he's been used in the past. Uh, but Shahid, I think perfectly fine pick for a spike week guy at his ADP. Uh, who, what do I have to highlight? What are, let's play the hits here today. Blake Corum still overdrafted again, too small. Um, think he will weigh under 200 pounds at the combine. What's the confidence that Gabe Davis has a meaningful role this year? Decently high. I think he goes either back to Buffalo if they realize they just missed him deeply in the playoffs or he goes somewhere else and then he's their one acquisition when they miss out on, let's say, T. Higgins, you know, whoever else is available in free agency or trades. Um, I think Gabe Davis will have an outcome that's beneficial for him. Lad McConkey, not a guy I particularly like. Everybody else here, not guys I particularly like. Is this where I get a share of Lad? I just don't think Lad's that... I just think he's going to be small. Benson, Khalil Herbert. I'm taking Lad. Got to get a share of Lad here. Lad, one of those guys I just don't think is an elite athlete. I think he's a very good route runner. I think people are kind of steaming him up in the hopes that he's this year's Puka. Uh, for Lad McConkey, though, again, he's a brand name coming from Georgia as well. I think these are things that are steaming him up a little bit more than he should be. Uh, he did not qualify in terms of the top 200 receivers and targets earned last year. It's not a great sign. Was better the year before, so uh, you can maybe kind of close your eyes to that. But as we learned from last year, like good slot guys, there's dozens of them like everywhere. Lad McConkey is at best a good slot guy. Don't think he can play out wide. Uh, I just I'm not into him that much. But take him here. Low ceiling lad. Yeah. Uh, again, I think the most likely outcome for him is Hunter Renfro, but Hunter Renfro had a few years, so not gonna be mad about it. Bindle's giving away a splash play membership. Bindle's really working hard. Shout out Bindle's here. Bindle's also uh, doing a new stream uh, is what I saw already, what he chatted me about. So check out Bindle's YouTube channels. We always try to promote here. Uh, we got Jaden Daniels. couple guys I could take here. couple different guys. Ooh, one of them is not going to come back to me, though. All right, we're taking Bucky Irving here for our running back room. Bucky Irving, one of two running backs I actively like in this class. Bucky Irving, very shifty. Uh, let me pull up some of the running back numbers here. While I, let me get the screen aligned. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd was the guy in terms of avoided tackle rate who crushed everybody. Bucky Irving, though, 34% avoided tackle rate on regular run plays, 38% avoided tackle rate on pass plays. So he was actually not an efficient pass catcher, a negative 0.01 EPA on his uh, receiving plays. But still, Bucky Irving, the shiftiness is the main thing. He did earn touches at a pretty high rate as well. A 17.8 opportunities per game for Bucky Irving. 
Um, I do like estimating a little bit more visually, but Bucky Irving is a guy I'm not getting enough shares of currently. So happy to get Bucky in here. We're like Bucky sure thing. He's another one that I, I would not say a sure thing either, but has some, uh, some Jameer Gibbs esque merits is what I would say for Bucky Irving. Just the ability a little bit smaller, but shifty enough that they give him the work. He's going to make some things happen. I think that's where Bucky Irving's best utility is. Time to panic yet about QB. No, because I still have the Daniel Jones out. Uh, but no, I would like to get Drake May coming back to me. But I, look, I think Jane Daniels is a day one starter. Obviously, we're pretty good at projecting day one starters last year um, where people were fucking really fighting me about AR literally up until like August about AR. Like, oh, he's not going to even start. It's going to be guarded. It's fucking dumbasses. It's so Jane Daniels, I think, is going to start day one. Um, Drake May, I would guess, starts day one. JJ McCarthy, maybe a higher risk of not starting day one because he's so young. Um, Bo Nix, I think, starts day one. Um, or at least a very good shot of starting day one or shortly thereafter. Uh, so that's how I'm viewing it right now. So I was hoping I'd get Drake May back as another guy who'd be a day one starter um, and has a little bit of rushing upside. Drake May, what we like about him, he gets the ball downfield at the highest rate in the class, 17% deep ball rate, uh, throws a 20 plus air yards. That's a guy that I would be happy to have, but obviously now we're not going to have him. Which is fine. I can't get everybody I like. In fact, most streams here, I can't get most of the rookies I like. <laughs> so I've grown accustomed to it. Danny Bones. Bo will be third string. Yes, I'm Felix's takes. Not dig, not backing down off of yet, which I respect, even though they will be proven woefully wrong. Drake made pretty undervalued. He's rushing upside too. He did really not run this year. He really cut down his running into about half as many touches, which stands out as a red flag to me. I do kind of think that he is, uh, he was looking out for that contract, but again, he still has the tendencies for things that we like. What do we want? What do I in particular want at QB? That's helped me identify winning QBs like Josh Allen in his rookie year. Anthony Richardson, obviously last year you're running, you know, ideally 10 times a game. You're throwing deep five to 10 times a game. Um, Drake may has both those. So yeah, I think Drake may wouldn't say undervalued in terms of the NFL stuff. In terms of the current ADP landscape though, like he shouldn't be going 40 picks after Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels. I don't think any Tanny hoping he lands somewhere and starts now. I don't think he does. I think he's done. I think he'll go somewhere as like a backup, but I don't think he's a starter. Shit, I'm at work right now, but thanks. Oh, yeah, Nolan, OMG here. He's a paying member now. <laughs> he is a member now, according to Bindle's paying for him, which is a weird thing. I very much appreciate those, but uh, I, I feel like the 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 giveaways, like I don't even know. I've never done it. <laughs> never done it for myself, but glad to see you guys being generous. The, the gift of joining the squirt squad that we're all sharing with ourselves like herpes. Um, all right. We have a 1561. I mean, I'm just going to put my money where my mouth is. And I'm, you know, am I? All these guys have two QBs. KC Connexion does not have two QBs. So I'm going to take Daniel Jones here. I think there's a shot the Giants try to move on, move on from him, but I don't know how they can with the contract and the penalties that would come from trying to do that. So I have to assume Daniel Jones comes back. It can't be worse than last year. <laughs> it's like the main thing. And he still had one 30-point game last year, if I'm remembering correctly. So that's the hope. Giveaway subs. Hopefully they keep the sub going. I, I I appreciate that. I hope that's the case. I don't I don't think that's been the case so far. But yeah, if you get gifted a sub, uh, then shame on you for not renewing it. <laughs> we need to shame people and make them feel bad about not giving me five dollars a month. That's the goal. Uh, we got Tyler Algier going at the turn to KC Conexion. That's why I took Daniel Jones there. I was worried about KC taking another QB. 
Marshawn Lloyd goes tall, dark stranger. Mad Maddie takes J.K. Dobbins again, who I can't get a share of because Maddie takes him ahead of me in every draft room. Uh, Xavier Leggett, do not mind him. We've talked about him being a poor man's A.J. Brown. Traylon Burks, a guy that should benefit from the new offense coming in there. Actually, a couple of decent options. I've got enough rookies. I'm actually going to take a shot at Traylon Burks. And frankly, now live for a third QB that goes late. But Traylon Burks, I think undervalued. The injuries, not great, but this is now an entirely new situation for him. And I think banking on the uncertainty being a positive for him, and especially, you know, coming from, this is the, the Bengals offensive coordinator, a guy that we know has reliably fed two wide receivers, you know, technically three, like Tyler Boyd had pretty good work. So it's not just going to be a one wide receiver team anymore. Like it has been the last few years for Tennessee. Um, I think for Traylon Burks, like he's just not, he's been a flawed player, but he's still, you know, year two going into year three. I think it's a good sign for Burks. <laughs> Burks Willis. No, I, I clearly, I think will Levis would be a fine third QB here. Uh, Levis, some things he did well last year. He got the ball downfield. Didn't run as much as I would like to see, but. You know, what are you going to do? I also didn't highlight, by the way, Audrey has to be now going 157 in this room. So I was not able to get him on the way back. If he had come back to 164, I would have taken him, but I probably don't need to take him above Bucky Irving right now. I think Bucky Irving is the more likely pick to get steamed up, I think, based on draft capital. Estimate, I think, is going to go somewhere good, but I don't think that he's going to get steamed up a ton more. That's my guess, at least. Bryce Canales, Levis Callahan rebound season. I think both are live. Um, honestly, yeah, to go with the theme of bounce backs, I look, I hated Bryce Young as much as anybody. I hated Bryce Young coming in. Um, I thought that he'd be a good system QB at best, um, which is a thing you can go back to last January's rookie videos, and I pointed out in that one. Um, for Bryce Young, I think he's going to be in a much better system. Like, I don't think what happened last year was Baker Mayfield taking a leap. I think that Dave Canales put him in fantastic spots to succeed and have the best, to be the best version of himself where like Baker's big flaw historically was that he forced the ball downfield too much. Obviously Bryce Young is the exact opposite. He's terrified to force the ball downfield, terrified to hold onto the ball in the pocket. Those were really big flaws in year one, but I think the offense is going to run a lot more in a timely fashion for him and allow him to feel more comfortable getting the ball downfield. Um, I don't think Bryce Young is like a good player by any stretch, but I think he's going to be a guy that benefits from somebody who is actually a modern coach and not just running back the same shit they did in Philly, same shit they did in Indianapolis like Frank Reich did. Um, for Will Levis, the hope is that they can impart enough of Joe Burrow into him and the knowledge that Brian Callahan has of him. And also Brian Callahan, his dad's Bill Callahan, which again, I know because uh, <laughs> my friend is friends with this family. And like, um, you know, Bill Callahan is like left. He got actually got out of his uh, Cleveland Brown shop, I think is where he was to join his son's staff. They're going to run the ball. Well, Callahan teams have always had a really good offensive line and have, even when they haven't had good players on offensive line have found a way to run the ball. So I expect that's that Tennessee will bring, both some Cincinnati passing principles, but also have a good run game. Um, so for me, with this team right now, where we have Burks, we have Ty J Spears, uh, wouldn't be opposed to taking cheap Will Levis because I think that it's just a bet right now in Tennessee being improved. And I think they've made the changes to be improved. It's also too that like the offense, you know, we're talking about a nut low offense, what that offense was, maybe besides for Derrick Henry, but like it created value for nobody. So uh, I think that any shot to improve that offense from, the bare minimum of competency to like actually being aggressive. <sighs> Billy Pilgrim takes Will Levis because he's got no Tennessee Titans. 
I fucking hate this, man. <laughs> Sometimes, just like, why? Like, I'm doing a fucking monologue here about Will Levis. There's no reason why anybody would want to take Will Levis. <laughs> and then they do. Taking Chig to fill out some Tennessee shit. We're just making a bet on Tennessee. Now that I've talked myself into the bet on Tennessee, but that fucking is annoying. <sighs> Who would I prefer to stack with Daniel Jones? Wandale would be number one, I think. Um, Jalen Hyatt, probably number two. Obviously, Hyatt did nothing useful with Daniel Jones, but if Tommy DeVito can get Jalen Hyatt a few spike week games, I think that Daniel Jones can if Hyatt's going to be out there running more routes. So the hope would be that Hyatt can take a leap. Um, Hyatt, you know, uh, or excuse me, Daniel Jones does love Darius Slayton. Those guys are actually friends off the field. Uh, I think Darius Slayton is a free agent this year, so shot that he comes back and kind of upsets that a little bit. But if he doesn't come back, Jalen Hyatt's going to be playing every snap outside. So I think that's the hope for Hyatt. Spag snipe till drink. It's my tilt is higher on players where like, why did you take them? Why did you, why did you want them? That's, that's always going to be a thing for me. So Will Levis, uh, he goes to him, Bryce Young, then Casey in the chat. So he gets Bryce Young for himself as his third QB. Great. Well, we got two QBs. Not going to worry about it. Uh, Russ, another guy who honestly wasn't bad in fantasy last year, but another guy that I will highlight for the theme of the video, the bounce back guy, uh, seems like some things linking him to the Raiders. Uh, still decent odds on him coming back to the Broncos, which surprises me, uh, but that definitely is one that you know could be there. All right, we get Jalen Hyatt with our Daniel Jones stack, so we will take that here and not look the gift horse in the mouth. But I really would have liked to have gotten Will Levis and Jalen Hyatt somehow, and we get one of the two. Yeah, Russ probably ends up on Raiders. Uh, Falcons, another one, too, that are linked to him a little bit, um, which, you know, wouldn't excite me the most. But I don't know. What would be exciting for Atlanta, actually, now that you really think about it? I think a rookie would be the most exciting thing. I know they have it in them to do that, but, you know, them bringing Rams principles over and then somehow getting Jane Daniels and then having Drake London be a guy who will be better with Jane Daniels feeding the ball, having Kyle Pitts be a guy who will be better with Jane Daniels feeding the ball. It wouldn't be great for Bijan Robinson, but that would be a dream spot for me, I think. Uh, Cause Jane Daniels is a guy that, as we talked about here, my big belief in Jane Daniels is much like CJ Shroud. He's going to prop up an entire wide receiver core wherever he goes. Um, I think that he is a guy that I'd love to see in Atlanta uh, for that spot. Russ in a Falcons uniform seems disgusting. It doesn't seem like the kind of play you'd want to do based on how the Falcons are rebuilding the team and Raheem Morris's image. And that said, Raheem Morris and the offensive coordinator, and I think their play caller on defense are all coming from the Rams. What do the Rams do? They had a lot of success propping up a veteran QB who was a little bit, I mean, definitely more brittle than Russ, but like they just had a lot of success with Stafford. So in some respects, you could say that like you could expect them to get similar results from a Russ. I don't know that I believe that, but I think that's how they would view it potentially if they were to make a move for him. Russ said future beef in Atlanta be Oh yeah, good, good point. I, I would hope they're adults enough <laughs> to have moved on from sharing one woman in the past, but uh, you know, who knows? Would y'all be comfy with Laporta, Conklin, a tight end, or should I look to add one more here? I think you're okay with Laporta. I would still add a third tight end because it's a luxury here in a 20 round draft, but you don't have to. Pocket pass for Atlanta, so London and Pitts can finally smash. You don't need a pure pocket pass. You just need a high EPA thrower who's going to force the ball downfield. Like, that's that's it. Like, that's why Jay Daniels is it, because um, there was something, uh, I think it was Hayden was breaking down. Uh, Hayden at Underdog was breaking down some Drake May highlights. And one of the things that he highlighted on Twitter yesterday was that, like, Drake May, one of his skills is his ability to kind of bootleg out of the pocket, create new passing lanes for himself through that process. You want a mobile QB still fundamentally, because, like, 
Yes, they would hurt Bijan in Atlanta, but a pocket passer like still can create value, or excuse me, a mobile can be great value in a way their pocket passer can't. And in the pass game, just because of the fact that they create that threat, if they're pulling outside of like a linebacker might come up to them, a cornerback, depending on how the team is scheming things defensively, might come up and try to get them. Uh, so that's where like a mobile QB still has value, even if you do have pass catchers you want to feed the ball to. So like that's why I think Jane Daniels to me is like the ideal landing spot. He would bring the best of AR and the best of Stroud to Atlanta. And if you want to see that team take a leap and win the South and make the playoffs and like make some noise, uh, Jaden Daniels would be the one to do that. But I like for Atlanta, honestly, I wouldn't hate any of the top QBs. I wouldn't hate JJ McCarthy for them. Like they'll get him much cheaper, I would think. And he's 20 years old. And um, I, I think he turns 21 at some point this summer. Uh, but like he's young and he is incredibly efficient getting guys the ball. Uh, so that is definitely a player that you can get to as well. But Atlanta taking one of the rookies, I don't know that's a lock or anything, but that would be what I would expect them to do if they can, if they can put together a trade. Uh, Taysom Hill at tight end, by the way, officially dead, as you can see. Uh, I actually didn't realize this, but he is now a QB here. So if you are drafting Taysom Hill, uh, you are drafting him and hoping that he can outscore your QBs, which fundamentally makes him, fundamentally makes him a player that I don't think you should be taking at all. But Fitz takes him here at 207. All right. 2582, we need some running backs here. Um, I mean, we could play this as that Swift doesn't come back to Philly. I don't think there'll be a lot of Swift Gainwell teams at this point. So I'm going to take Gainwell here. Team so far, Jaden Daniels and Daniel Jones at QB. Uh, the, the double Daniel there. Uh, Ty J Spears, James Conner, DeAndre Swift, Ty Chandler, Bucky Irving, and Kenneth Gainwell at running back. Wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Tank Dell, Jordan Addison, Brian Thomas, Lad McConkie, Traylon Burks, and Jalen Hyatt. If I had to bet money, I think that both Burks and Hyatt end up as better ADP plays than Lad McConkie, but that is, that's just me. I am biased against Lad. Trey McBride, Chicken Conquo at tight end. Feeling pretty good. Uh, Poppy Pilgrim watching on delay. Only had one QB when I took Levis. Stacking options were dead. Well, QB, you should take it instead if you were me. Anybody who wasn't my QB. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I would have, you could have taken anybody. I think you didn't have to take Levis. You could have taken taken one of the rookies could have taken where are we in the in the flow here you could have taken Derek Carr or Bryce Young or Russ I think I would have taken those guys I personally think that Derek Carr should be above Will Levis and ADP too like but he, he just didn't make sense for your team that's, that's the main reason but I'm not mad at you Billy I appreciate you coming in the chat no one stacks in these drafts they should uh, it's a gigantic flaw I can tell you firsthand you can't outplay or take stacks you cannot outplay or take stacks. That's what I did last year. And nobody, like, I'm sure somebody out there did better. Nobody got rookies more right than I did. And I can tell you my big board teams were not good because I was not prioritizing stacks enough. Uh, 2682 here. Would like to get one more running back in. Running back, though, is absolutely dust. <sighs> Tank Bigsby, I will say, whiffs of Kyron Williams for Tank Bigsby. Other than the fact that like the Rams really liked Kyron Williams and it doesn't seem like Jacksonville does like Tank Bigsby, but Tank, a player going into year two, guys can suck in year one and be better in year two. And again, Travis Etienne, we saw it for the second straight year. They started the year trying to move away from Etienne. Nobody wins the role, takes it away. Etienne then sees the role again, then over the course of a season, loses it back to other guys who are just fucking detritus, flots them on the roster. Uh, so I'm willing to go to Tank here as my... Seventh running back off the board to 20 round draft. The second taste back QB a viable strategy. No, no. 
if you have nobody else at QB, yes. But even this year, like they really phased him out down the home stretch, was which was baffling to me. But it kind of felt like they knew they were going to be going to this car situation and knowing that they were going to have to rebuild uh, his confidence with for this new contract coming up. But like Taysom, I know because like I, if you guys recall, had Taysom in a lot of my finalists and semifinalist teams. Um, so like Taysom, I was a guy I was following intently down the home stretch, and they were just not giving him the same work. Like he was scoring really efficiently uh, when he had like a touchdown in the second to last game. I think was it, it was week sixteen or week seventeen. But like it kind of felt like they were already deciding, all right, the Taysom thing, we can't keep doing it. But we'll see. You know, new offensive coordinator there, some shot that Taysom gets back in the mix. But at QB, it's like I don't think you want him at QB at all. Yeah, never worth drafting. I don't know if it's never, but if you're in a spot, like if you're in a spot like Billy there, I would have taken a Derek Carr and a Taysom. And I think that would have made more sense for him. But again, I am by, especially because he had, yeah. Yeah, you had Juwan Johnson. I don't know. <laughs> Billy should have taken Derek Carr because he had Juwan Johnson already. And then he could have taken Derek Carr and Taysom Hill. And I think that would have been the one team where it makes some kind of sense uh, to take Q, uh, two QBs and take Taysom at QB. But whatever, doesn't matter. It's a big board draft in February. I'm not going to have perfect drafts, even when it's not my fault. For whatever reason, people don't stack these drafts at the same rate. I mean, the reason is because they don't have, they don't know where guys are going and people are like terrified of picking wrong at that, but you should still be taking your shots um, at that. I'm trying to think there were a couple charger stacks. <laughs> this is not a good one. Like this didn't work out, but like I had some charger stacks last year with Quentin Johnson um, I think you want to take shots at them here and there. And if it doesn't work out, then you're in the same spot of not having correlation anyway, but you should be trying to find ways to stack. I would think like I wanted Kirk cousins in this draft. I just couldn't get him. We got one more pick left. I think I know who it's going to be. I think it's going to be a third tight end for me. Could make the case, take a third QB really don't think JJ McCarthy should be free. Um, he is a really good QB and he's incredibly young. Uh, Billy takes him. <laughs> We got that going for me. Ben Sinnott goes to, to Danky, so I will not I'll get that guy at tight end either. SMH, SMH. I'm going to take Daniel Bellinger here. Uh, some shot that Darren Waller doesn't come back. Would like to be, add to my theoretical Daniel Jones stack. That's going to be the guy we go with here. Final team, Jaden Daniels, Daniel Jones at QB. At running back, Ty J. Spears, James Conner, DeAndre Swift, Ty Chandler, Bucky Irving, Kenneth Gainwell, Tank Bigsby rounds out that room. Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Tank Dell, Jordan Addison, Brian Thomas, Lad McConkey, Traylon Burks, and Jalen Hyatt, a wide receiver, and then a tight end, Trey McBride, Chicka Conquo, Daniel Bellinger. I think we could use one more better tight end. Um, I don't know that Ben Sinnott right now is a better play than Daniel Bellinger, but I would have liked to have gotten Sinnott over Bellinger because I think at least there's hope for Sinnott, whereas Bellinger's best outcome is like, he goes back to the Giants, they cut Darren Waller or trade him, um, and then he's just in that mode. Uh, but that's going to be my final team here for today. So coming back tomorrow for more, of course, drafts here every day on Splash Play at 11 a.m. So please subscribe down below. Hit that like button. Really do. Please hit that like button. If you enjoyed the stream, if you got anything out of it, hit that like button here because it just helps us get recommended to more people like you. And I want more people like you. You're great, right? So come in here. More people take my picks away. More people to snipe guys for no reason. But whatever. It's all in fun here in Splash Play. So please subscribe down below. Hit that like button. And leave a comment if you're watching after the fact as well. And of course, make sure you use that promo code SPLASH on Underdog. Double your deposit to 100 bucks. Uh, if you haven't signed up for Underdog yet, great to do it because I actually have a meeting with underdog this afternoon to try to, to try to sweeten my deal. So please uh, subscribe on underdog or subscribe. Go 
fucking sign up on underdog, get some drafts in uh, stochastic as well. Another great way to support the show. If you want data for yourself, NBA going off, PGA going off, MMA going off. They have tools for it to help you make more money in DFS. Use that promo code splash on stochastic or check the link in the description to save yourself 15% on literally any package there, a data package, a Sims package. It's all 15% off with the promo code splash. And of course, probably my baby actually going to drop in the pin comments, a podcast I did, a professional podcast I did, uh, the betting startups podcast talking about probably. So if you want to take a listen there, obviously you guys hopefully enjoy my content. So uh, hear me talk professionally uh, about probably my betting startup where we track data from the winningest sports books around the world. Uh, so check the pin comments. If you want to have some extra time, have a half hour and want to listen to that. Um, hopefully it's a good listen. Now I'll be back tomorrow with more. So thank you to all these fine folks who help us put on the show. Got to give another update here, but you're all the people who have joined the channel and are officially part of the squirt squad. And if you want to officially do it too, join down below for $4.99 a month and lots of member perks uh, will be coming your way this year. If you do that, and I'll be back tomorrow with more. So I will see you guys then. Follow me at Chris Bags. Follow the show at Splash Play Pod. Enjoy your days. And of course, good luck. Bye. Mm -hmm.